Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where Houston, we have a checkout time of 12 p.m. Sunday at the Grand Floridian, <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to tell you that the Rockets <laughs> actually checked out last night, along with Horny House Danwell. So microwave <laughs> goodbye to the Microball Kings. Your Los Angeles Lakers have just won four straight against the Houston Rockets to complete their second straight gentleman's sweep and advance to the Western Conference Finals. Alan, the Lakers haven't been to the Western Conference Finals since 2010, the last time we won the championship against Boston. That was 10 years ago. So let me know, how does that feel? I want to make sure that we don't take this feeling for granted. Yeah, it feels really freaking good. Um, it feels oddly familiar, you know, even though 10 years is a very long time at the same time, just in the grand scheme of life, I feel like 10 years goes by very quickly. Seriously. At least for guys who were shit, man, 10 years ago, we were in our early (laughs) twenties and now we're in our early thirties. So it's like not to get all existential and shit, but if time flies now, when we're this young, imagine how much faster time flies for people who are not this young, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, dude, it, it's just like crazy perspective all around, not to get all sappy and stuff, but um, it feels friggin' awesome. I'm, I'm friggin' excited for, for next week whenever this things get started. Yeah, I mean, this whole episode is pretty much going to be a short one. We're just going to revel in the Lakers' victory. The Lakers win 4-1 against the Houston Rockets in pretty dominant fashion. And, Alan, you called it the last episode. You said... If there was any team that was going to say 1-2-3 Cancun, it was going to be the Houston Rockets. They, it seemed like they were looking for any escape that they could find. And after it was officialized that Danwell House admitted to some horny stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't describe it in a better way right now. But look, that's what happens. And the Houston Rockets, I think from there, just could never regain any semblance of cohesion, 
And so much for Russell Westbrook yapping very loudly at a bunch of mothers and their child in game one, right? (laughs) And so much for James Harden, you know, talking about how, you know, we may be small, but we've got heart. Almost like throwing some shade at the Lakers, right? So it's been very fun to watch the progression of how the Lakers have played possum in this year's playoffs with game one just totally giving the other team so much life and confidence only to absolutely rip their heart from them in such embarrassing fashion, you know? Talk to me about what you said the last episode about how this team just looks so dispirited. And and it made you that confident that this is how it was going to play out. The Lakers just absolutely demoralizing them from the start. And it honestly didn't even feel like a game from the get-go. I I told you before we went on air, it's almost useless to throw out these stats because I don't even know if they matter. I don't even know if we actually played a game against this team, sadly. Yeah, it it does really feel like Houston they weren't able to make like any adjustments you know what i mean harden did play better today statistically but overall we we came right out at the beginning punched him in the mouth sure they made like their run and that was kind of frustrating but it never felt like we were gonna lose control of this the way you know the clippers lost and now they're in a game six right uh that was not anything i was gonna be concerned about at all and uh it's yeah they just this team doesn't have an ability to make adjustments and i, I don't want to just point that at Mike D'Antoni and his coaching staff because a lot of that has to do with their personnel, Mm -hmm. right? And and how exactly is James Harden going to adjust his game, right? We already know what Russell Westbrook is. So, uh, yeah, we just dismantled them, (laughs) like, completely. It it was pretty... um, It was easy, which was really, really nice. (laughs) Yes, I mean... LeBron was out on a mission that first quarter. I think we went up like 13-2. Obviously, Houston had their momentary run, which, you know, the Lakers need to cut out this. The Lakers are too good to have runs where they score only two points and then give up 17 on the other end. I think this is the second straight game where they let a 17-2 run happen. And, you know, they are good enough that they can clearly flip the switch whenever they want to, but going into a matchup against potentially the Clippers, they definitely need to cut that out. And, you know, I'm sure they will shore that up. Yeah, the turnovers is like the one thing, right? right. Stupid, careless turnovers. Um, so hopefully they can shore that up and those types of, I don't know, it, it, it wasn't even like, oh, this is a bad habit that we have. It just seemed more lackadaisical to use one of Shaq's favorite words. Yeah, and they get into this complacent mode where they get lazy on offense, where instead of moving around, they just decide to let the ball stick into one guy's hands and they'll just chuck up a three for no reason. There's like no flow whatsoever. So if they can just cut that out, I think they'll be fine. Before we move on with our episode, just wanted to remind you guys to please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on iTunes. I mean, fam, we're in the Western Conference Finals. We've been doing this freaking podcast for five years. Please rate and review us five <laughs> stars on iTunes. We need to get to 420 to make everything align in litness. Uh, so please do that. Also, please check out our Patreon account, patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. We have an exclusive Victor Oladipo trade segment up there where uh, Tommy and I throw out some scenarios and what a trade involving Cal Kuzma as the center of that package would look like. And then we also have some Clippers preview episodes as well, exclusive to Patreon members, and you can get those episodes for as little as a buck. I think at this point, the earliest the Lakers will play the Clippers or the Nuggets, well, actually, the Clippers, would be Wednesday. And then if the Clippers-Nuggets series goes on to a Game 7, then the earliest the Lakers will play will be Friday. So keep that in mind. 
Um, Alan, before we move on to our segment two, let's just talk more generally about this game again. I guess I'll go into some stats because the Lakers hit another franchise record for three-pointers, which, you know, the last time we were in the playoffs, it was a totally different NBA. So this is going to be a recurring theme, but still very impressive that they had their most efficient night from three-point land, 19 of 37, 51%. Danny Green in this series is shooting 42% from three. Jeez. So welcome back, Danny Green. Nice of you to join the party. We are going to need you against the Los Angeles Clippers. I know I'm throwing the Denver Nuggets under the bus, but under no circumstances do Everyone I think... Everyone is. It's fine, dude. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's probably going to happen. We're going to face the Denver Nuggets because of <laughs> how much we're preparing for the Clippers. And then there's going to be even less to talk about because <laughs> we'll probably lose the first game to them and then gentlemen sweep their asses. True, so true. That's fine. Either way. But yeah, talk to me about this game. I think it's an awesome feeling kind of seeing the Lakers sort of rev up in this way. I mean, we were talking off air and texting each other that it seems like they're peaking at just the right time. And maybe this was the plan all along, right? The so-called ramp up. It's all coming together at just the right time. LeBron James and Anthony Davis were always there from the get-go. It's all about what are the other guys going to bring. And now Kyle Kuzma, 17 points. He hit three threes. KCP's like knocking it down and reining it with his high arc. Danny Green's shooting 42% for an entire series. Alex Caruso, staple on defense and also driving it into the lane and cutting everywhere. Taylor Horton Tucker, I mean, he had nine points tonight. Everything is coming together. We're firing on all cylinders for the supplementary parts that, you know, we really need to help bolster LeBron James and Anthony Davis, help stem the tide for them. So I think that's the biggest thing that stood out for me in this game. And I think when we headed into like extreme garbage time in the fourth quarter, I was like, yo, let's get Kuzma rolling because this is the time to do it because we're going to need him against the Clippers. We're going to need his scoring and his offense. And luckily they gave him some three point looks. They set that flare screen for him coming out of timeout. He hit that baseline three. He had a couple possessions where he even got to shake and bake a little from the perimeter off his own dribble. He had that really nice spin move and dish off to Taylor Horton Tucker for the baseline three, which he hit. So I was glad they were starting to get Kuzma a little bit more activated because I think that's going to be important. But overall, just a fun game where, especially early on, it felt like we were the Rockets. What you'd envision the best version of the Rockets to be, right? Markeith Morris, four threes. Again, four for four from three-point land. We were buzzing up and down the court. And most of all, yeah, we were just raining it from three-point land and just socking it to the Rockets. The Caruso block, chase down block on James Harden was amazing. Anthony Davis didn't even score till like a quarter and a half into the game. And <laughs> it, it was just overall, you know, this is the, the perfect firing on all cylinders type of game and the best way to head into the battle royale versus the Clippers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Markeith hitting four for four <laughs> from three-point land is crazy. Um, it's going to be so interesting to see him and his brother because uh, – yeah, like Marcus Morris, is, he's playing extremely well too. So we'll see if they can kind of cancel each other out like we've talked about before. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I just don't have that much else to say, honestly. Like LeBron really asserted himself from the beginning. It's crazy how LeBron, like every other game, right, kind of puts that different type of game face on. So today you could tell he was going to be very aggressive offensively. Last game, not so much, had like 16 points. But the game before that, he he went off, right, to start. So he did that like shoulder shrug thing <laughs> multiple times, which you love to see just in terms of his body language. And he gets into that, that playoff killer mode. And, uh... It's going to be so freaking fun to see just the the reactions against the Clippers because the intensity is going to be completely different, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. I don't know. I'm, I'm done talking about the Rockets. They suck. Yeah, they suck. Go <laughs> kick some rocks, Houston. Go kick some rocks. By the way, I, I want to point out, though, Anthony Davis had that little spell in the end of the first into the second where he looked like LeBron James dishing it out. He had four assists, and he was really finding his teammates, like driving it into the lane, spinning, dumping it off to guys like Alex Caruso for easy lay-ins. So that was nice to see Anthony Davis just totally turn on playmaking mode. And yeah, we'll take it to our first break. When we return, we'll close this really short and zippy episode out and just talk about a potential matchup with the Clippers and how we feel like the Lakers will prep for them. All right, so we're back. And Alan, before we get to the Clippers talk, I I texted you that you knew this game was over pretty early on, but especially in that third quarter when we saw D'Antoni argue that KCP transition double dribble that he had, Mike D'Antoni was totally right. That was a double dribble. But when they had the camera on his face... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and for a good six seconds, it was that typical white-hot D'Antoni that we're used to where he is just absolutely frantic and yelling at the refs. And he had his mask <laughs> off. He does, that, he does that thing with his arms where he like he's kind of flexing downwards. He's kind of like punching the air and then his fists towards each other. <laughs> yeah, so we saw the normal crazy D'Antoni, red-hot D'Antoni. And then six seconds later... After the ref said, maybe I got the call wrong, D'Antoni's face totally just melted into a resigned look of, oh yeah, why the hell am I even fighting this right now? This is pointless. I want to get out of here. It's fine. To me, that was like most indicative of how the Houston Rockets were playing that entire game. They showed spurts of fight there, but overall, the look on Mike D'Antoni's face where he was like, ah, I think the bipolar switch, right? Where he's like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that know? was the white towel, dude. Yep, that was that the was white the towel. That was the surrender, like, shrug your shoulders out. What the hell am I going to do? Mike D'Antoni's expression of pure white flag, exactly. With that said, the Lakers will likely play the Clippers. And, Alan, you know, we're in that space again where even if the Clippers beat the Denver Nuggets tomorrow in Game 6, the Lakers will still have an extra day of rest than the Clippers. And we've seen at least in this bubble playoffs, that each and every time the Lakers have had a hiatus or break in rhythm, it has really thrown them off for the starts of the next series. Will this be the case this time? (laughs) (laughs) Probably, dude. (laughs) Like, I'm already completely resigned to the fact that whenever game one happens against the most likely Clippers, uh, we're going to look like dog crap, and I'm going to try my damnedest to not get super worked up like I did against Portland and against Houston. Um, We know that I'm not the reason for this. I'm not the curse here because they've just won two in a row when I've been on the pod. So um, that burden has been relieved. But yeah, dude, if they look like dog shit, I'm just gonna be like, yeah, well, whatever. (laughs) That's what we do. (laughs) I say that now, but you know, we'll see. So I actually think this will be the case that bucks the trend because this is the Los Angeles Clippers that we've talking about. And Mm. from the moment that Kawhi shunned the Lakers and brought Paul George along with him, I feel like we've had an X on the Clippers' backs. I mean, the media has forced us to do so with how much they have praised and crowned the Clippers ahead of time. The Clippers have always been ahead of the Lakers in everybody's minds, you know? And it's for the most part, it's kind of justified, right? We've seen the matchups happen. We've won two pretty close and competitive ones. The Clippers have won two. But... I think, at least mentally, the Lakers for sure will be way more prepared than they ever have been against the Clippers than any other team in this playoffs. And in fact, you can probably even argue the Lakers, from the moment they stepped into Orlando, probably got way ahead of themselves and have been thinking about the Clippers from the beginning and overlooked 
any other opponent, you know? Because you look at how they approached game one, which, you know, game one was against the Clippers, and we came out like gangbusters. We were frenetic on defense. We bodied up against Kawhi and Paul George. Who can forget LeBron James' stance against Paul George and Kawhi at the end there for those clutch three-pointers that he blocked? I feel like we've only been thinking about the Clippers in some senses, you know? Mm. Um, The way that we overlooked the Blazers, the way that we overlooked the Rockets, we're an amazing enough team that we can afford to throw away one game because we know we'll eventually figure these teams out, which we have done. But with the Clippers, I think we're going to be ready for them. Obviously, it's better to just have physical reps, especially in this bubble. But I actually think we're going to be very focused. We're going to be locked in. It's almost like that tangible... This is the moment the Lakers have been waiting for. They've been prepping for this team (laughs) all year long. We've played them now four games. And unlike the Houston Mm. Rockets, it's like Houston only got their new iteration of micro ball, you know, at the trade deadline. And we only really got one glimpse at them. The Clippers, we know this team, like the back of our hand, I feel like. Yeah, but they've only had their roster healthy for what, like two times? True, the Doc Rivers excuse. (laughs) So actually, we've never really played the Clippers, ever. And they've never played with each other until like yesterday. And the Marcus Morris dynamic, yada, yada, etc. Exactly. The Morai twin dynamic. But yeah, at the end of the day, look, I'm excited for this Clippers matchup. We're not going to delve too deeply into it because it hasn't happened yet. But again, like I mentioned, this is what we've all been waiting for. The Battle of LA in Orlando. I mean, (laughs) what a strange headline. But you know what? It's really going to come down to the strength of our superstars and whether a few good men can come along their side and hit enough shots to combat the Clippers' greater depth. If tonight was a glimpse into what can potentially happen when we're firing on all cylinders and when our role players have that much confidence, then I'm feeling really good, pretty good, about a Clippers matchup, Alan. So I guess my last question to you for the night is, you know, seeing the progression of how far... You know, let's put Anthony Davis and LeBron James to the side because they have really carried the day here. They have shown themselves to be the true superstars they are. But just looking at the role players' progression, have they been inconsistent? Heck yeah. But defensively, they've been super consistent, right? It's more on the offensive end. But just seeing things sort of come around for everybody slowly but surely, it's all coming to a head, right? So how are you feeling? That's true. Um, that's that's definitely a good point. Um, I hope... Rondo's brother starts trash talking with uh, Paul George. I feel like he's the type of guy that can really get into his head. And I want to see Patrick Beverly like jump into the stands and try to duke it out with Rondo's brother as well. So um, that that's one of those kind of intangible matchups I'm looking forward to. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree that this is the team that you know has been in the back of our minds literally since the first game of the season. And um, I could totally see us kind of getting a little bit more up for that. And plus... In the Houston series compared to Portland, we did we have looked a lot better, right? Even in the games where we beat Portland, it was still like uh, we're a little bit wonky here and there, you know, certain aspects of our game plan and execution. But Houston, we've mostly looked very, very damn good. So I wouldn't say like we're totally going to slide back in the course of half of a week or so. So yeah, that, that actually does give me hope. I'm not going to jinx things. I'm sticking to my first game. We're going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that that's kind of... Sorry, what was your question? <laughs> how are you feeling going into a potential series with the Clippers, I guess? Oh, yeah, that that's pretty much how I feel. Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be... It's probably going to go seven games, right? Six would be a, a, a shocker. Um, I could see us trading games back and forth. Imagining one team winning two games in a row. That would be kind of surprising, I think. And uh, because... We both have very high basketball IQs, right? 
and each coaching staff is pretty strong. Going to make a lot of adjustments. Um, I, I can really, I can anticipate like the changes and adjustments being very tangible, like to our eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Which is going to be the sign of like two great teams. So it's going to be really freaking fun. It's going to be super stressful. Probably not going to sleep very well. Like the nights when we win, it's going to be that like. Lakers win sleep, you know, yeah. where that sleep just hits differently. And then the losses are just going to be god-awful. It's going to ruin, like, the entire night and the entire next day. But, you know, we just got to embrace uh, those varying emotions, I guess, yep. and, and just have fun with it. Because when was the last time, you know, we were able to have that much fun That's and true. also feel that kind of, like, agonizing pain. So, yeah, it'll make us feel alive. No, for sure. That's the perfect way of looking at it. And Alan, we forgot to say, it's lit. It's lit, my friend. Oh, it's lit. Of course it's lit. <laughs> <laughs> and look, this is the first time we're going to be facing scoring wings of this variety, right? Because the first two rounds, we have, we have been able to handle the scoring guards in Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. And now here come the two-way players, the two-way playing wings in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So I'm looking forward to this you know, literally battle royale against the Clippers. L.A. our way, leave a legacy, let's go, I'm ready, we'll talk about it when it happens, and you can catch our more in-depth matchup Clippers preview uh, on our Patreon page. But for now, we'll leave it right here. It's been fun, this series has been fun. Being back in the playoffs and having every game matter once again. And you know, we've done this gentleman sweep thing, but man, it's still so hard to get through one series. I forgot how hard it was. Even with how easy easily the Lakers have made it look, right? And maybe it's just all of our pent-up anxiety, you know, bubbling forth <laughs> that's made it a little bit more strenuous. But yeah, overall, I'm going to revel in the litness right now and how fun it's been and just how, yeah, just how the Lakers have outclassed each and every opponent and seem to be getting better and better along the way. And that's what I'll take with me going into the freaking Western Conference Finals, my friend. That's crazy. After the year we've had, it crazy. that's crazy. Yeah, we'll leave it right there. Thank you guys for listening. Again, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us five stars on iTunes. And yeah, we'll catch you guys in the WCF. See you later, Hugh Anon. (laughs) 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 All right, I'll catch you later, Alan. All right, dude, later. See ya. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.